Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Jill Economo here to talk with you today about purpose and passion, dedication and inspiration. Milwaukee's philanthropic community was created primarily so that we can share with you some of the many positive things that are going on in our community, along with highlighting the people behind the stories. Many people know that focusing on the needs of others takes the focus off yourself. Maybe you're having one of those days, right? A bad day. We all have them. Turning your focus outward to focus instead on something else or on someone else who may also be experiencing one of those days, well, you tend to not think of your own troubles as much. It's been said that when you help dig someone out of their troubles, you find a place to bury your own. Nonprofit organizations typically tend to focus on the needs of others. They help people with their problems, their troubles, their challenges, whatever they may be, around the city of Milwaukee and in the burbs. So today we're going to highlight two nonprofits that you might never have heard of before, which is precisely the purpose of this show. We want people to be aware of some of these grassroots organic organizations who are doing some really great things for our city and for the people who live here. My first guest today is Jeff Martinka, Executive Director of a community center called the Neighborhood House of Milwaukee. Uh, it was founded to help strengthen children and families in some of the city's most underserved neighborhoods. Welcome to the show today, Jeff. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jill. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate Ellen Becker. Uh, we're glad to hear you uh, share what's all going on down there at the Neighborhood House. Why don't you uh, tell us more about it and how and why you got involved? Um, you spoke a little bit about passion, Jill. And in, in, in 1945, 75 years ago, a group of church leaders um, had a passion about trying to serve Milwaukee's near west side. There was a former Episcopal church that was no longer needed that they turned into the Episcopal City Mission in 1945. And some of the programs that they started in that location, roughly 27th in Wisconsin, are the very same things we do here um, eight decades later. Quality preschool, after school for kids, after school for teenagers. And so Neighborhood houses got elements that date back all those years. And then we've also got things that we're, we're proud of that we're just evolved in, the, in the, even the last few months. Your, your website talks about the fact that you touched the lives of nearly a million children and adults since 1945. That's, that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm guessing that your services have changed a bit over the years. What's changed specifically in the work that you do with teens over the last decades? Sure. In particular, and, and I guess what I'd have to um, highlight is the differences, maybe more than the, the similarities. In, 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 in a very real way, our kids back in, in 1945 or 1955 enjoyed music. They enjoyed each other's company. They enjoyed, they enjoyed sports. But the Milwaukee of, of 1945 or 1955 was considerably different. You know, and so after a kid uh, spent an evening at, at Neighborhood House, maybe with a basketball coach, maybe finishing their home, homework, they could leave and walk home safely. You know, there was, they, they, you know, in a general sense, they were, they were right here from the neighborhood and the neighborhood was safe. The realities for Milwaukee kids now is quite a bit different. And so in the case of our teenagers in particular, I've been at Neighborhood House now, I'm in my sixth year. Um, 
three different neighborhood house students have been killed over the, over my tenure. Um, and one was as innocent as walking a friend home from a bus stop about six blocks away from here. Another was just finishing up um, a, a game with friends at Kern Park in Milwaukee's River West neighborhood. You know, so even though those two kids were very much the same as a, as a, as a child in the interests of a, a teenager a few decades ago, the realities that they face are quite a bit different. The challenges that they face in the job market are different as well. And so what we're trying to do as much as we can is we're trying to make sure our kids know that they have to focus on school. They have to think about building up job skills. They have to think about career planning. They have to think about financial literacy. And so in a way that's different today than it, as was the case for, for um, Ray Richardson, you know, 1950, we're thinking differently about how we're trying to pre prepare our teenagers for um for successful lives beyond us. Okay, so you do career planning, you do after school homework, um, counseling maybe, providing mentors. Well, we try to say at neighborhood houses, we try to work with the whole family, and so what that means is at the at the one end of the spectrum, moms and dads bring their their babies to us at six weeks. We've got a preschool program that starts at six weeks. At the other end of the spectrum, we've got um, senior refugees learning how to speak English that are in their 70s and 80s. And so we try to be we try to be whole family for the for the families that work with us. So right from our our early Head Start program, it's a Young Star Five quality preschool to our after school for kids that come from both public schools and, and private schools from across the region. We try to give them the tools that they need that are geared to their particular age or their particular grade. You're called the Neighborhood Center. Are you only providing these services to families that live directly around the neighborhood uh, house, or are you expanding services across the city? Sure. That's a really good question, Jill. In, in, in the early years, Neighborhood House really did serve just the near west side. And so, you know, perhaps going from the Menominee Valley up to Juneau, and perhaps 20th Street to 35th Street, you know, it was a relatively small area. Um, Back then, basically a lot of families had breadwinners that walked to work. There used to be a whole series of, of uh, walked or streetcar to work. So there was a whole series of hospitals just to the east. The Menominee Valley was filled with manufacturing jobs. A lot of uh, near West Side moms and dads worked in those hospitals or those factories. In like fashion, back in the day, Area schools serve the neighborhood. And so Wisconsin Avenue School, now closed, used to be a, a feeder program for, for neighborhood house kids in our early decades. The, the footprint of neighborhood house is quite a bit different today, where kids come to us literally from all over the metro area. Some on city buses, some on school buses, some dropped off by their parents. So we really now, in a very real sense, the, the 4,000 um, uh, kids that we served last year came from all over the city of Milwaukee. Okay, well, that's good. That's nice uh, outreach there. Sure. Now, you're located in a very urban neighborhood on Milwaukee's near west side. How did the community center decide to focus on environmental issues as part of your work? Sounds like a little bit of a mismatch there. Sure. Um, neighborhood House was blessed by a visionary leader, um, Ray Richardson. Um, was um, our, with us almost 40 years. He was our executive director for almost 30 years. Very unusual uh, gentleman, um, social worker by train, but he was, a, he was a visionary leader. He realized that city families needed nature. City families needed to be grounded 
um, in, a, in a basic sense of, of agriculture. And so back in the 60s, he convinced the Neighborhood House Board to purchase about 90 acres of land, about 50 minutes west of here. And they used it for family camping. They actually did urban gardening way ahead of its time. They, they had uh, um, uh, maple syruping, family hikes, birding. Ex, ex, and it was really the vision of that first leader, that one of our first leaders, Ray Richardson, that started an environmental focus here that's been sustained since the 1960s. Hmm, very interesting. Uh, so, Jeff, you actually invited LaShawn Pierce to join us today to give us a different perspective on the impact that the Neighborhood House has made. So welcome to the show, LaShawn. Um, I understand you worked on the Conservation Corps at Neighborhood House last summer. You want to tell us about your experience there? Um, yeah, glad to be here. Our job, our working, what we worked on for like the summer is like, it was very learnful and experience a bunch of experience from us like for me I was just like a one plan person I was always like I'm gonna play basketball to make it out I'm gonna do all that to make it out but learning from the neighborhood house and learning extra stuff this job gave me an opportunity where the point I have to like oh it's other jobs out here I can be really interested in like working in the woods and stuff like I, I felt like wow I could be a ranger I could be a ranger there you go now you're you're a city kid, right? What was it like to get a taste of life working in the woods? Um, it was it was it was different, of course. Insects annoying, really annoying. <laughs> Insects are very annoying. But uh, other than that, it's just like it's good. It's like it's like it's like a second home. It's like a second home. You can always depend on the woods. The woods is always there, and woods are very good too. Like people don't know that woods are very needed. Trees, you have to take care of them, but people don't know that because everybody living in the city, they just grew up with buildings and stuff. So plants in them need take need to be take care of more. So that's what I learned. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I also understand you were on a neighborhood house cons uh, conservation crew that completed a variety of tough environmental work this last summer. What did you do there? For the environmental crew, it's like. So it's, I thought, me, I thought I was just going to be like some easy, like cut grass or something like that. I thought it was going to be something easy, but I learned like, I only, I, it's a whole thing. The whole thing is learning. So that's why I'm like, I'm like, I learned a lot. Like it's, it's crazy. Like I wasn't expecting, I was just like come to get money for my family or something. Like just, just do stuff like that. But I actually learned a lot in the environmental thing, like how like other plants are like invasive plants. Yeah, like wood cutting and all that stuff. Like the trail, like our trail, we did a trail. And the beginning of the summer, the trail was like a mess. And now that you look at it now, it's just like, we did that? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, it looked beautiful. Yeah, it's an accomplishment, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. I mean, whenever we can get kids to the outdoors, that's always a, a good thing. And especially if you live in the city, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, most kids wouldn't get out to uh, the woods or out to a park or something like that. So that's, uh, it's good that you had fun and that it was a learning experience for you. So thank you for sharing your experience. We're going to take a quick break now, uh, but don't go away because when we return, Jeff is going to tell us about a project that the neighborhood house has coming up that has the potential to make a big impact, a big green impact, if you will. Stay tuned and we'll be right back.
Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Jeff Martinka from the Neighborhood House, and LaShawn Pierce joined us last segment. Uh, so thank you for, uh, for joining in on that, LaShawn. Um, Jeff, I understand that the Neighborhood House is planning this big green infrastructure project at your community center next spring, uh, a project that'll involve the younger generation like LaShawn. So tell us more about it. Sure. So I mentioned that we um, were celebrating our 75th anniversary and we wanted to do a few different projects that were really special for this year. And there's two really big ones that I'd like to maybe talk about. The one that maybe the community has heard about is we, we've gotten some help from the Milwaukee Bucks to redo our gym. And so that project is underway. The other one that's actually even bigger money-wise is we're looking to raise $180,000 to completely redo our front yard. And what I mean by that is off of Richardson Place, we have a, a 1967 era loop drive off of a very narrow street that's always been a dangerous spot for our, for our kids and for our parents. And the other point I'd make is that it's not very friendly to the environment. Um, what I mean by that is pavement all drains directly into combined storm sewers, which means that even fresh rainwater ends up having to be processed at the treatment plant. And the other point I'd make is that all of our all of our surfaces are impervious. You know, rainwater runs right off of them. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to undertake this big project to change everything. The concrete and asphalt loop drive goes away. We're going to be reducing the amount of sidewalks, you know, so that the, the we don't have as much permeable, permeable pavement. What we're also going to be doing is we're going to be creating rain gardens along the street and a rain garden often an area of lawn so that our our area rivers, specifically the Menominee and the Milwaukee, are going to benefit. At the same time, we do a, a big transportation and safety benefit to our families. The really neat thing about it is our conservation crew is going to be joining in that effort. So people like LaShawn next year are going to be planting prairie plants in the rain gardens. They're going to be you know, um, re- redoing the, the concrete areas to make them into beautiful sidewalk swales. And so just as we're making the, the whole location look attractive, it's also going to be more safe for our families, our kids, and our youth, and it's going to be better for our area rivers and Lake Michigan. Awesome. Lots of benefits there. Plus, the kids will have hands-on. They won't have to run, you know, get to the park out of town in order to have some experience there. So that's right. So let's say you raise the rest of the funds and the project goes forward as planned. What will the impact of the work be on the community and on the environment? You've heard about it before, but... Sure. So what we're going to be doing is um, a lot of, I I mentioned we've got downspouts that drain directly into the sewers. And so what we're going to be able to do is that fresh rainwater, instead of going into the sewers to be treated, is going to be diverted into a section of permeable pavers. So we'll have a section of our loop drive. We'll actually be able to take on rainwater and store it underneath for gradual uh, permeation into the groundwater. But then a lot of the downspout water will also be going in into these natural areas that LaShawn and his conservation crew are going to be making. So there too, the water will be retained on site and feed the groundwater instead of tr- overstressing our, our treatment plant. In the meanwhile, school buses that now have to uh, drop off kids in on a very narrow, unsafe street will be able to pull into the loop drive and drop kids off here. And our moms and dads with their preschoolers will be able to come right to the 
to the loop drive instead of having to use the street. It's going to be a, a win, 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 a win for the environment, a win for safety, and a win for aesthetics. It'll make our front yard look beautiful again for our 75th anniversary. Nice. Well, the COVID pandemic has made things harder for most Milwaukee area businesses, organizations, and families. What's going on at Neighborhood House with regard to that? Sure. Um, as was the case with a, a lot of businesses and organizations in the United States, Neighborhood House needed to close. We closed on March 13th. Almost immediately, though, we planned for a safe reopening. And what we were able to do by June 1st is we reopened up almost all of our programs. Our preschool was reopened. Our after, after school uh, pro program was reopened as a summer, summer camp. Um, and we did it, though, in a very safe way. We, had, we completely revamped our lobby to control traffic. We um, set in new safety protocols so that everyone coming into the building has to be temperature checked. Um, we no longer have guests come into the building. We go out to the street and bring in um, the, the toddlers or, or escort in the, the after-school kids or the youth. So we're still operating, but we're operating under a COVID-safe environment. And again, the important thing for our audience to know is your doors are open. And sure. like many other nonprofits, you're just having to shift a little bit uh, in the services that you provide, but you are still there. Uh, and and uh, looking to help others in some in some way. We know that many nonprofits are struggling right now, uh, but we want to be sure that we make our audience aware of some of the ways that they can support you if they feel so inclined to do so. So what would you say is your greatest need right now? Sure. Neighborhood House um, has been blessed by the resources to start a food pantry that we're very proud of. And it's a very busy food pantry that serves the entire near west side, the, the uh, uh, three zip codes most Im immediate to neighborhood house. It's been a real struggle sometimes to find enough volunteers. Because of the, the real dangers of COVID, a lot of our senior population that normally would be helping out at food pantries aren't available. So it'd be wonderful if, if anyone in the community was interested in helping us to sustain our food pantry. We're open two days a week. We're very careful in terms of how we operate. Everyone has masks. Um, uh, uh, food pantry guests don't come into the building. So we try to keep it very safe for our volunteers, but we're, we're in dire need of volunteers. Because we have a high appetite for teachers, if anyone knows of early childhood teachers, we're one of the very best places to come. And so we're always looking for quality teachers to fill those vacancies. And as a nonprofit, we're always, we, we're always looking for financial contributions. If anyone were so inclined, we'd, we'd be willing to accept those as well. So those are some of the things that come to mind. Yeah, and you talk about a green project, so we can talk about uh, people helping out in, in, in a green way by sure. <laughs> providing dollars to uh, either for your, uh, your, your project initiative or, as you said, for uh, various resources that you need to provide to the people that you serve. So uh, lots of things, again, never have enough time to, to focus on everything, but I think we got a good overview of what the Neighborhood House offers. Jeff, you want to give our audience contact information if they want to reach out from a volunteer standpoint or from donating or just to get more information. What's the best way to reach you? First, I want to thank you, Jill, and I want to thank the Ellen Becker Investment Group for this opportunity. You guys have been big supporters of Milwaukee nonprofits, and, and we really appreciate that you do that for the nonprofit community. In yeah. terms of Neighborhood House, you can always just Google Neighborhood House of Milwaukee. You know, that would be an easy way to find us. But our website is really simple, nh-milw.org. 
nh-milw.org, and you can find out much more about us. At the website, you can also see our, our, our Facebook page and, our, and our, our, our Twitter page. We're really easy to find. Okay, wonderful. Well, Jeff Martinka, thank you so much, and LaShawn Pierce, thanks for joining us in our interview today and sharing your, uh, your passion about reaching out and helping others. We appreciate your time. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Uh, environmental issues and sustainability, well, they seem to be hot topics of discussion these days, right? There are certainly things that we can all do that'll have a lasting impact on others and in our world. We thought it'd be interesting to talk with an organization that focuses on these things. So stay tuned to Milwaukee's philanthropic community on News Talk 1130 WISN to hear more after we return. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and my next guest today is Alec Lapoitevin, board member of the Waukesha County Green Team, a grassroots environmental nonprofit whose focus is to empower and motivate people to make a difference environmentally through their own practices. Welcome to the show today, Alec. Thank you, Jill. Yeah, I really appreciate your time, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this. Thank you. You're welcome. So why don't you start by telling us more about this Waukesha County Green Team and what they do for the community? So yeah, the Green Team is, you know, we're a group of volunteers that are just really passionate about environmentalism and sustainability. And we do a lot of programs and stuff to reach out to the community through education and events to engage in their passion for the environment and to, you know, help people be more sustainable in their personal lives and then to see how, you know, what kind of big change we can make within, you know, the municipalities and the county as a whole. Well, so how and why did you get involved then with the, with the green team? So, yeah, I actually got involved about four years ago. Um, I started my own business. It's in gardening um, that, you know, and I found the permaculture and gardening group, which is a, a subgroup of the green team and I started there just to learn some more and just really loved the the mission of the overall green team. And from that, I was able to look at, you know, my passion for making bigger change. And I saw that the, the Washington County green team is really doing that. So it was a way for me to get involved, to volunteer my time and to help work towards some of these bigger goals that are being set by the green team. Okay. Well, we actually have an advisor at EIG, uh, Heather Deaton, that hosts a sustainable living special interest group on a monthly basis. I know you guys are part of that. Um, and as I said before, it just seems to, to me to be such a hot topic these days, the idea of sustainability. Can you talk a little bit more about that and about sustainability in particular and how the green team connects with the community? Yeah, you know, the hot topic part, you know, I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of what sustainability is and how it really reaches every aspect of our lives. You know, we, we deal a lot with transportation, you know, the water systems, you know, all these different aspects of life that I don't think often gets associated with sustainability. So it, it was great that we were able to um, partner up with, with Ellen Becker on that sustainability front and you know, to get involved in some of these other organizations has been a great way to talk more about this topic. 
Um, you know, we also have some other partner organizations that we work with. Uh, Wisconsin Urban Wood is a great one where they actually go out to local arborists and businesses and collect wood that's being cut down. Uh, right now, a lot of ash trees are coming down. So that wood is then taken and repurposed into furniture or wood flooring um, and other materials. So it's getting it out of the waste system. Instead of it being chipped up, it's being turned into something, you know, and it's just great to, to see organizations like that that we like to partner with. We also have a good partnership with Retzer Nature Center in uh, Waukesha. That's where we host our sustainability fair, but they're working with, you know, the community and the county to, you know, look at land use and how we're using, you know, different parts of the land. And, you know, I loved how LaShawn was talking about, you know, plants and trees and needing to be taken care of. You know, our green spaces are so valuable in, in many ways, not just for the environment, but for our personal health and just being able to have these places to go out and to enjoy. And, you know, it helps our mental health and our physical health. And it's just great to have organizations we can partner with to work some of those those angles. Um, you know, and we really try to, to find other uh, organizations that are reaching towards that sustainability goal of trying to get the information out there and start programs and, and educate on what we can all do in this sustainability side. Well, don't you guys have a podcast also? Yes, I'm a co-host with another board member, and we reach out to local professionals that work in sustainability or own sustainable businesses, and we bring them on our show to talk about sustainability. And it's a great way to get different angles on it and get, you know, local perspectives on sustainability and just really get the, the message out more in a, a little more digestible format. Right. And, and education wise, right. Uh, you know, people need to know about this and it's, it's uh, gaining in popularity, obviously, to be doing things virtually. So if you can provide a podcast that people can just listen to uh, when they have the time and get educated and I think it's, I would piggyback on what you said with LaShawn. I think it's great that young kids are recognizing the importance of green space and, and just really enjoying getting out in nature and, and taking advantage of that. Do you guys put on events that help people get involved? Yeah, so we, we host, along with um, Retzer Nature Center, we, we do the sustainability fair every other year. And it, this started back in 2017, but it's a it's an event where we have local businesses and community groups come and set up booths. Uh, we do presentations there um, and just open it up to people, the community so that they can come in and learn more about sustainability by talking to, to everyone and to just viewing what people have to show. Uh, we also, through the Permaculture and Gardening Group, we do educational presentations and classes throughout the winter. Um, so, you know, that opens up and people can come and learn about different topics within a bit more of the gardening side, but, you know, how we can really work in our personal lives towards sustainability in that manner. Okay. Well, and we talk uh, quite a bit, too, on the show about collaborative efforts, you know, working with partners to uh, enhance the services that you provide in some way. So uh, who are some of the partners uh, that you work with? Uh, to either help with your events or to help with the services you provide? 
Yeah, I mentioned a couple, you know, Urban Wood and the Retzer Nature Center. We also work with uh, Waukesha County Land Conservancy. You know, it's a cross-partner uh, situation. And, you know, we worked with them on a sustainability plan for the, the county. So, you know, through some of these partner organizations, it's really how can we kind of work up towards the municipality and county level and see if we can get some changes on the bigger, the bigger picture, you know, get the community involved in, and pass that up to higher levels so that we get some countywide changes in sustainability. Um, I know I, on the podcast, I just interviewed a couple of people talking about transportation and, you know, we work with them, you know, some organizations in transportation that, you know, we're trying to find ways to really work more sustainable transportation into this, the, the system. And, you know, to kind of look at what uh, Jeff was talking about with the communities in Milwaukee, well, transportation is a great way to get people from, you know, the city out to the suburbs where the suburbs has jobs, the, city, the people in the city need jobs, and we just don't have reliable, clean you know, good transportation and clean in the sense of environmentally safe. Um, and just having that public transit system that can kind of benefit the people and the the environment. It's just uh, kind of one little example of sustainability where it really reaches everyone and has a really big impact. So that's, um, you know, one of the ways we look to partner. Um, we also just, you know, through the events, we've met other partner groups to to work with and really just kind of involve as many people in the community in as many ways as we can. You know, you're talking about the Waukesha County Land Conservancy. It just made me think about uh, when I interviewed them. Uh, they actually have been on the show uh, before. And I also interviewed an organization called Wisconsin, Wisconsin Hero Outdoors. And that's a veteran organization that was very interested in their veterans connecting with the outdoors because of the many benefits that we've, that we've alluded to. And so those two uh, met together and collaborated on how they could bring the organizations together. And it's just wonderful to see uh, how that ended up. I mean, they're, they're doing some initiatives together and who knows, it might be something that uh, you could could work with the uh, the vets on too to bring in um, you know work on some initiatives or or projects uh, for the greater good right um, so we're actually going to take a quick break right now but I have some more questions for Alec so when we return uh, you'll hear what's next for the green team we'll be back in a moment thanks for tuning in this is EIG Milwaukee's philanthropic community. With your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. And I'm talking in this segment with Alec Lapoitevin, board member of the Waukesha County Green Team. So, Alec, you talked about in the previous segment some of the various things that you're doing with other partners uh, in the community. Uh, we wanna make sure that one of our goals actually is to make sure that people listening understand ways that they can contribute or help out. What are some of the other things that you have going on in the community? We're really trying to get involved in, with the community as much as possible. So we've actually you know, started several smaller groups under the Waukesha County Green Team umbrella. 
And, you know, one of them I mentioned was the permaculture and gardening group, which, um, you know, we meet in Oconomowoc and, and discuss gardening and permaculture and, and that sort of topic. Uh, but we also have uh, several smaller green teams that have started up in other communities, um, including the Sussex Green Team and the Elm Grove Green Team, which is actually a newer one started by a, a fellow board member who wanted to bring some of these green initiatives to her local community. And she went out and, and found some other people that were interested in, in her community and started this Elm Grove Green Team. And she is also... You know, they've got a great group of passionate people, and they're really doing a lot to promote native plants in the community that are going to help pollinators and benefit the environment. They have also started a tree sale to, you know, kind of beautify the community. So they offer, you know, trees that are native to the area, and people can come there and buy them. And then um, we're also starting, you know, some more youth-based green teams uh, and getting high school students involved which is really cool to see. Um, and then we've also uh, worked with a, a great company called uh, Compost Crusaders. They helped us do more zero waste initiatives for some of our events. And uh, another uh, member of the green team reached out to Pewaukee school systems and got Compost Crusader in there. And they now compost, you know, a lot of food scraps and stuff from the lunch so she actually goes there and she educates them on how to do it. She volunteers her time and they divert a lot of that waste from the lunchroom into compost bins that then get, you know, utilized in better manners than just going into a landfill. Okay. Well, actually, I was, I was thinking about that as you're talking about different partners. I thought how cool that would be if you partnered with the high schools, you know, had uh, uh, youth programs, like you said, like the things that LaShawn was involved in where you could bring the kids in and you would benefit by getting things done, whether that's gardening or pulling weeds or planting trees or whatever. Um, do you currently have anything like that going on with, with local high schools? Yep. Yeah. So we've got the composting side of things. And then, you know, I know we've had some high school students come to our, our zero waste group, which is a really big interest to, um, you know, younger, younger people, and, you know, that that group was actually started because there was so much interest off one of our presentations that we started this group. And through that, we've had some high school students come in and we've talked to, you know, some classes about, you know, how they can start zero waste at their school. And we've definitely seen some great interest in that. Um, another school thing that we've we've connected with is having um, some a Spanish class actually come onto our podcast and they do their own little podcast in Spanish and English. And then we launch it as part of our podcast. So it's again, you know, students that are interested in sustainability, they're doing it in, you know, a school format and in Spanish so that we can even get some of this information out to people that, you know, are in the, the Spanish speaking community or maybe just want to brush up on some, some Spanish skills. Right. They can satisfy like a DECA credit or something or four. <laughs> kind of combine those together. Share with us some of the things that you're currently focusing on in, in sustainability at the green team. What are, what are some of your current initiatives? So I think the big one I talked about a little bit was the transportation. You know, we're really trying to work with uh, the, the county and, you know, the community to educate on 
transportation and how this affects everyone. Um, we're really looking at water conservation and, and topics like that. Um, our big thing is, is the education side. So, you know, the more information we can get out to the community, the more informed decisions people can make, the better it's going to be for the whole, you know, and that's how we can really help our neighbors and help our, our next generations is by reaching out and learning this stuff and then putting it into place in our own lives. Um, we also do a lot with solar energy. So another board member is involved with uh, the solar community and we've started a solar group where we, you know, talk a lot more about solar energy and its benefits and um, how we can get that out to the community. And another point of education is just letting people know how solar energy can really, you know, benefit us all and how, technology is coming out and, and all the, these aspects that can really, you know, kind of make this bigger change in sustainability. So I'd say overall education and really outreach to the community is, is a big thing that we look at. That's uh, really what we're all about for, on this show is educating people and making sure people are aware of resources and options and, and, uh, and then sharing that. What about goals? What are you looking forward to going forward in terms of goals? Yeah, I think a big goal is to start to get this up to the, the municipality and, and county level, start to get people, you know, in local politics and, and even further on to see these initiatives and to understand, you know, that the communities are really interested in seeing more work being done in sustainability. So that, you know, comes into play with having a sustainability plan for different municipalities so that the actual governmental side of things, you know, they're looking at it and saying, okay, you know, we're looking at our plan for the, the municipality or bigger level county in a sustainable manner. So how can we use the land? How can we look at clean cleaning the water systems? How can we look at transportation and energy and all of these um, topics under the umbrella of sustainability? So I'd say a big goal is to start to trickle some of these ideas up in the, the government side of things and to get other local businesses and organizations involved in, in sustainability, whether that's, um, you know, implementing something at their business or, you know, putting on an educational event, um, having us in to talk to their, their community there. Um, all of these things are kind of under, you know, a lot of the, the big picture goals that we have as the green team. Okay, well, big goals, but certainly attainable, right? So lots of things, a lot of different things that we talked about during uh, the interview today. Is there anything that you want to make sure to hit home for our audience today or maybe a call to action that you want to leave with people today? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think one of the, the biggest things I like to get out to to everyone is, you know, we can all make sustainable actions in our daily lives. You know, it, it's from the simplest things of doing some composting, you know, sharing a ride with with a family member or a friend, um, you know, whatever little thing we can do, it, it does make an impact. So I think it's important to learn about sustainability and to, you know, help some friends and family members learn about it as well. And you can share in the experience, um, you know, a big ask from the green team. It is a nonprofit, so of course there's a donation side of things, which is right on our website. But we really love to see volunteers coming in, people getting involved and in, in joining us on this this great journey of learning more and helping other people 
Um, I think that's really the, the biggest ask we could have is, you know, check out our, our organizations, jump in a group, come learn some stuff with us, come help us out with a project, anything that you can do. It, it's really a big help. Everybody can do something, as you said, right? Uh, there's something out there for, for everybody, no matter what your interest or your passion is. Uh, you want to share with us contact information, the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, the easiest way is to jump on our website. It's pretty simple, uh, WalkshireCountyGreenTeam.org. Uh, you can also just Google Walkshire County Green Team. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. Um, you can just type in Walkshire County Green Team in there. And then uh, our podcast is is linked to those as well. So jump on and, and check that out as well. And uh, yeah, the website kind of has everything on it. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us today, Alec LaPoitevin, board member of the Waukesha County Green Team. Thanks for sharing your passion about all things green and environment. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Jill. I really appreciate the opportunity and everything Ellen Becker is doing for all us nonprofit organizations. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. I also want to thank uh, my other guests today, Jeff Martinka and LaShawn Pierce from the Neighborhood House. Uh, thanks for all that you guys do to help to make our city and our suburbs a better place for generations to come. If you'd like more information about the organizations we interviewed today, hopefully you jotted down their contact information. But otherwise, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262 262- 691-3200. If you're interested in getting the word out on how you and your nonprofit are making a difference in the lives of others, contact me again, jill at ellenbecker.com, and we can discuss how you can be a guest on the show. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's philanthropic community right here at News Talk 1130 WISN to hear about people and organizations who are contributing to making our community a better place in a variety of ways. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio. You can Google it on your device of choice, and it'll pop right up. You can use the iHeartRadio app uh, as well. And you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. You know, we interview a lot of great people who are making a point to make a difference somehow out in the world today. My call to action for our listeners is to do the same. Use your passion, your skill, your talents to have an impact somehow. If you happen to be struggling with something or maybe you just had a bad day, pick yourself up and go out and do something for someone else. Remember, when you dig someone out of their troubles, you find a place to bury your own. Turn your focus outward and look at those around you. Even something as simple as a smile goes a long way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great Sunday.